Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. That's the way tire buying should be. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Fired up. Happy. Just in a great mental place. Why is that? Well, I told you we felt off on Tuesday and Wednesday. We didn't have football. And we're like, uh, Thursday football. Hey, how good was that last night? Right? Hey, how good was that? That was amazing. It's amazing. Uh, it's it's one of those. Um, I have not been on the dating scene in oh nineteen years, nineteen years. But it's like any of my friends that have, you know, they they broke up with their significant other. You tell them like, yeah, just go. You never you never know. You may get caught in a conversation, in a on a blind date, or you know, you swipe right, they swipe right. You go and you have a cup of coffee. And you're like, wow, you know, you may there may be a connection. Whatever your expectations were last night, they they had to be um, exceeded, right? John Ramos is, I've never heard of anybody being a, like, I'm a hardcore, he's a uncomfortably hardcore Rams fan. Matter of fact, he came in today dressed head to toe in that horrendous uh, monochrome 
Uh, what is that? What was the color? Mustard. Yep. Mustard yellow. Well, that was that, but that's a yeah. That was well. That's like American mustard, right? Okay. Real mustard <laughs> is like more of a mustard. Okay. That's like um, uh, what's the kind of mustard? That's like a French uh, a French's mustard. French's. Yeah. French's mustard yellow. Uh, but what is that with color rush? He, he looks like he's a personal color rush today. But outside of that, I, but look, he's a hardcore Rams fan. Ramos, you, every expectation for not just McVay or Goff, but the game had to be exceeded last night, right? Most definitely. Very it was exciting, awesome. A very exciting game. It was a, an incredibly exciting game. All right, there's a couple of different things that we have to get to, which are very important to point out. First of all, um, <clears throat> Having your expectations ex- exceeded only tell you uh, what it's, it's about this in life. It's about this with cars. It's it's like, I don't know if you know this, like J.D. Power, they always put out the initial uh, initial quality survey when you buy a new car. And if you notice on initial quality surveys, uh, with the exception of Lexus, most high-end cars do not grade out all that well. Do you know why that is? That's because people who think, like, I buy a $90,000 BMW, they expect utter and sheer perfection, right? Whereas if you buy, buy a Daewoo, you're like, ah, it's a Daewoo. I, I thought, I'm just glad the wheels haven't fallen off when I went around the corner. <coughs> they still make Daewoos? When I played overseas in Israel, I had a Daewoo. I, I literally, I opened up the, tr- the hood one day and there were mice in there pedaling away but it's a lot of it's about your expect your level of expectations and because the Niners and the Rams collectively stank last year because it was Thursday night and at kickoff there was like 15 people there it's friends and family only hey let's have a 5 30 start time some of the worst traffic in in America like an hour without traffic from San Francisco see how that works out Whatever your level of expectations, they were exceeded last night. And some of this tells us about expectations. Mayweather McGregor. Mayweather McGregor was not a great fight. But you were entertained more so than you thought you could possibly be entertained. Why? Because you thought you had a non-boxer against what some people call the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Your expectations were exceeded. You're like, 100 bucks, here you go. Here you go. Second thing, and this is really important. What works in math does not work in sports. And it's hard. They're teaching all kinds of, my kids do Singapore math. I have no idea what Singapore math is other than it looks like it's written in a different language. And then my son, we moving from west to east or east to west or whatever, they have some sort of math, which maybe is Singapore math as well, but they do like everything in tens and ten facts and things. I don't even know. Like, I, I, I thank goodness for Siri because I'm constantly, Dad, how do you do this? Let me ask Siri. I have a college degree. I was good in math. I swear to you, I was good in math. Um, but but w- there there is a a math or actually an algebra equation which people use in life, and it doesn't work in sports. Do you know what that equation is? No, it's not E equals MC squared. It's not the Pythagorean theorem. It's not. It's the transitive property. 
Ramos, are you familiar with the transitive property? I probably am, but I wasn't very good at math, so I'm going to pass on okay, that Okay, transitive property is if A equals B, B equals C, A must equal C. You can also do if A plus B equals C, B plus uh, A, A plus, wait, if A plus B equals C, then B plus C must equal A. It's all, it's all the same thing, right? It's a transitive property. And here's what happened. People do this. They did this with Texas USC. They, they do it with last night. Wait, that's the defense, 49ers, that the Seattle Seahawks could only score 12 points against? I just saw this very same San Francisco 49er defense on the road on Sunday give up only 12. It should have been 13. Seattle missed an extra point uh, when they scored that touchdown. They only gave up. They only scored 12 points against that defense. They gave up 41 points to Jared freaking Goff. Because if, again, transitive property, if the Seahawks can only score 12, maybe 13 against the Niners, and the Rams can score 41 against the Niners, well, if you use the transitive property, then the Rams have to be much better than the Seahawks, right? But that's not actually the way it works. Every game demands context. Some of it is about the number of possessions. The Rams defense was equally shoddy even though the Rams' defense has been good at times. But you, you can't, you simply cannot. Texas was awesome against USC stopping the run. They forced USC to throw the ball on third and long. They took away USC's uh, DeAndre Burnett in many big occasions and made others catch the ball. And uh, USC had eight dropped balls. But more than anything, Texas' defense looked physical, dominated the point of attack, and they held USC under 20 points. Right? USC couldn't even, on their, they won on a field goal in double overtime, and the only reason they won on a field goal was because Texas fumbled on their own offensive possession. Their defense continually got stops. And this is a defense that, of course, surrendered 51 points to Maryland. And so, using the transitive property, well, if Maryland can be Texas at Texas, and USC has to go double overtime at home to be Texas, well, then hell, Maryland is better than USC. That's the transitive property. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Now, we always use it in sports. We use it as fans. But, but the math does not equate. It's never equated. Never, ever. It's not just home road. Sometimes it's when the game is played, where the game is played, or in this case, the proximity of a Thursday night game to a Sunday game in terms of level preparation. Here's the last thing. Those are the two youngest coaches in the NFL, correct? And that game was fun. And I don't know how good they are, um, but both are... Young offensive minds, both came from being offensive coordinators, one in Washington last year, one in Atlanta last year. And that game to me felt like a Big 12 football game. Now, I'll admit it, I'm a Big 12 homer, but I'm also a Big 12 realist. I understand that up the middle on defensive lines, Texas and Oklahoma are the only ones with formidable defensive lines to which if you play smash mouth football over 12 or 13 games, uh, can compete with the likes of an Alabama. That said, I don't think the Big 12 is the best conference in the country. It's been the most watchable, very good conference in the country. 
of the elite conferences, it's the one that has the best quarterback play, the best wide receiver play, and more than anything, the most spread offenses. So that they chuck it, and games are in the 60s and 70s. I can separate the idea that entertaining does not always mean good. Last night was super entertaining. I don't know if either of those teams are worth a damn. I mean, I think Mike March, who said Jared Goff is 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 surrounded by a buddy. I think he looks foolish today. I think Sean McVay, being such a young head coach, uh, it looks like a genius hire today. I think the Niners feel like they have the spirit. They, they're going to, you feel like the turnaround is not that far away. And look, maybe we're overvaluing a Thursday night game that overexceeded our expectations. And that's why we're taking it to mean more than it really means. But the point is this. Uh, sure, the Carolina Panthers scored, what, nine points when they beat the Buffalo Bills this past week. The Panthers are better than both of those teams that played. They just beat the Niners in San Francisco badly, and they beat the Rams if they played them. That doesn't make them more entertaining. And sports is about it. I was thoroughly and completely entertained. Now, you have to separate entertainment from good, but you also have to understand that young coaches, one, because it's their first year, but two, maybe it's breathing new life into the NFL, taking more chances, throwing the ball deeper downfield, spreading the game out, and playing more offensive-minded football is a wave of football that we need to see in order to get us to like watching the NFL again. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, did you see this story about about uh, one writer saying, uh, I think it was Don Banks, longtime NFL reporter Don Banks, saying um, that uh, there's at least been discussion, discussion. There are people in the league, including the commissioner, they don't want to see San Diego forsaken. They would rather there be a team in San Diego. If there's a viable, uh, it's viable, they could put a team back in San Diego. I think the camp would strongly consider it. Uh, there is there is talk, again, in this, it, it, at least partially, to move the Chargers back to San Diego. Like, look, I talked to people in the Chargers today, and they're like, 0.0% chance we move back to San Diego. It ain't happening. San Diego is like John Cusack and say anything with the with the with the boombox outside, right? Again, that that's a dated reference. Say anything is an awesome movie. You should you should watch it this weekend. Like our young intern, she has no idea about do you have you seen Say Say Anything? Say Anything's a great movie. Like you should the, It's been a while. No, this is like like they they do stupid things with our kids. Like my daughter was like, "Why am I reading Tom Sawyer?" I was like, "Eh, I don't know, but you should watch Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles, Say Anything, Weird Science." Breakfast Club, um, really all the John Hughes movies and Say Anything type of movies, right? Uh, Goonies, you also should show your kids. Goonies is, a, Goonies is a must. They're not going back. All this, this is very simple. This is what happens. And, and I have friends that are doing this. Like you buy a house and you can't move in that, or you're going to build a house, so you go and you're renting. And you rent for, they're going to rent for three years. Renting sucks, right? Usually you rent a house that's smaller than the one that you really want to be in. Why? Because you're paying two mortgages. You're paying the mortgage in the house that you're building or you're redoing. You're paying your construction loan. Plus, you got to pay, pay, pay your rent. That's what they're doing, pay, playing in a smaller stadium that's not really an NFL stadium, not really in the city they want to be in. Like The San Diego thing's not happening. They're not going back. 
The small crowds are problematic. You know what's more problematic? That they lost a game to the Dolphins they should have won. That they had a chance to tie a, a tie and send to overtime in Denver. And they got a field goal blocked. They got a rookie kicker who's, what, one of one for four on the year. Like, they got to figure that stuff. They got to win game, win games, and the rest will be fine. And in three years, they'll move into their plush new, beautiful stadium that'll be the nicest stadium in the league. And everybody will completely forget about year one and how they couldn't get 30,000 people into stuff up. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. This just came out. A list of the most valuable college football teams. It's from the Wall Street Journal. Now, again, I'm going to state this. I know it's the Wall Street Journal. And I know that Ryan Brewer is an associate professor of finance at IUPUI uh, in Columbus. So, remember, this is weird, IUP, Indiana University, Purdue University in Columbus, where Ohio State is located. Um, so, he did a study at what college football programs would be worth on the open market if sold like a professional sports franchise. All right. Like, this is such bull. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm buying into it. I'm I'm prefacing this segment of radio saying that the value that I'm going to state that a professor has studied and and assigned to and we're all quoting is complete bull, right? Because there is no there is no value. Well, and and look, he's got a mathematical equation, but th- this is a lot like. Um, I remember when George Mason went to the Final Four. Remember when George Mason went to the Final Four? 2006, I'm going to say. 2006, Jim Laranega was the head coach. An incredible, incredible run. They took down UConn in the Elite Eight, went to the Final Four, lost to Florida, and truth be told, they were probably the second-best team at that Final Four. They just were. I think LSU and I'm going to say UCLA were the other two teams in the Final Four that year. And I, I, I called one of Jim Laranega's games next year, and he's like, he had this big scrapbook of all of the newspaper articles written about the run. And he's like, they say it's worth, the amount of free advertising we got is worth a billion dollars. And so immediately I'm sitting there going like, well, how do you calculate that? Well, like, yeah, but if you would have taken out an ad in every one of these papers, like, okay, but you didn't, it's an article at, it, you have to be reading a sports page. Like, there's there's no real money. There's no. It's not real money. So so the numbers when you see that uh, Ohio State is ranked number one and would be worth one point five billion dollars. Like, okay, why? Because the Dallas Cowboys are worth four billion dollars. Well, the Dallas Cowboys also own their stadium. And then own a practice facility that's the most incredible. It actually has a stadium inside the practice facility. And the Dallas Cowboys, an iconic brand, they play in the National Football League, which has only 32 franchises and only 16 games. So there's a uniqueness to it. As opposed to college football, which as much as Ohio State is a unique and successful brand and has the iconic scarlet and gray and plays in the horseshoe, are you factoring in ownership of that stadium? Are you factoring in who else they play? 
because part of the value to the Cowboys is that they play the Redskins, the Eagles, the Giants at home every year on Sundays. They play on Thanksgiving, whatever. Whereas Ohio State, like part of their value or lack thereof, it is they got to play Purdue and Indiana and a couple of Rummies and Oklahoma's the big non-conference this year, right? Like the, the values are bull. What's not bull or what maybe is super interesting is that um, they have Texas listed as the second most valuable uh, program. Just so you know, adjusted inflation institutional allocations for athletics cover any expenses that exceed the generated revenue by FBS schools decreased by 0.2%, et cetera, et cetera. The NCAA is like, hey, look, Plenty of programs don't make any money. I don't believe any of these values. I do know that some programs are more valuable than others because their ability to generate revenue. Revenue being generated doesn't actually have that much to do with how good you are. It helps. Like Alabama's worth a whole lot more now that they're dominant with Nick Saban. And if Texas ever gets rolling, they'll be the most financially successful program in the country. But it's more about the fact the University of Texas, they got 50,000 students, they got alums all over, they got tons of money, they got oil money, and they'll donate whatever to get whatever facilities they want. And then when they're on TV, there's actual value in having Texas's brand. That's because, and this is the third part, please don't tell me about any player's name and likeness being valuable. What's valuable is the brand on the side of the helmet. It just is. It just is. Because people watch college football games because they hear the name of the coach and they know the name of the school and they know the alumni and the alums watch their own program. And if you're an alum of a college football program, you're like sitting there going like, yeah, you're right. I watch. I will always watch my school play. And then I'll watch the big name schools play. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Andre Reeves is a great player, and he's joined us uh, courtesy of MyBookie Online Sportsbook. MyBookie is one of the uh, biggest online sports books in the business. By the way, I don't know if I told you this, Andre. I got an idea for Major League Baseball, right? How cool would it be at Major League Baseball if, like, you could go to uh, MyBookie Online, you get an iPad, and then there's a section of a stadium to which you can bet on, like, every pitch. Like, why not? How much more interesting would that be? Like, I'd be totally in a – like, you, you know, you, you swipe your credit card, takes like 200 bucks out, right? That's your, that's your bank. And then you bet on everything. Like, what's the next pitch? What's the, what's the next hit? Who's going to hit the first home run? All that stuff going while you're at the game. You got, you got, it, you got it down, man. No doubt about it. You got it down. Um, last night's game, just like we all thought it would be, right? Everybody thought Rams-Niners would be, so far, the best-played game in the National Football League season. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. I loved it, uh, but I'm, I'm wondering your takeaway. I, I loved it, too, man. I mean, both of those teams came to play. And, and I think, was it the color scheme? I mean, I don't know what it was. But uh, Jared Goff played tremendously. I mean, he played great. And they looked really good on offense. Uh, the 49ers looked pretty good too. So that was, uh, th- they were going at each other and that was good for TV. So, uh, and, and are you surprised by w- what the Rams are doing right now? Yes or no? Uh, I'm, uh, I can't think pleasant. Like, look, I was, I'm always more uh, optimist. I saw what yeah. McVay was able to do with cousins who I think uh, in terms of overall talent is at best middle of the road. And I'm like, I like the idea of a young guy who grew up Madden generation, you know, drawn up plays and, 
and throwing the football around. I think I thought that's just what Jared Goff needed, and I, I wasn't sure whether or not he could regain his self confidence because they were so bad last year offensively, and he yeah. wasn't ready. I mean, there's I had a lot of questions, so I'm surprised pleasantly so, but I'm not going to say. I'm not going to do I told you so, but I thought that it would be better. I didn't know it would be this much better. Well, I, I, I think this, man. You, you're only as good – I always said this. You're only as good as the people around you. And, and I think Jared Goff, just like Carson Wentz, you know, they did some studying in the offseason. They really got into what they were you know, going to be doing this year. Um, they picked up Sammy. I mean, Sammy had a tremendous game last night. I mean, the Bills right now are going, really? We really did that? Um, they, they got Robert Woods. You know, I was with the Bills. Yep. Um, they got Nikhil Roby Coleman on the other side. So they got three Bills, and that's what I said on, on, on social media, that they got three Bills that are playing well. And Todd Gurley seems like he is uh, back to the form he was uh, to a certain point from his rookie season. Uh, last year was kind of a, a down year. So is he opening up the playbook, McVay? I don't know. I just think Jared Goff is a lot more confident, and you can see it in him uh, from – just looking at his face, he's more confident in what he's doing. And again, just like Carson Wentz, he's a more confident player this year than he was last year. So the Rams, I don't know. They started off this way last year. And then uh, I remember going to L.A. to watch the Bills play them. And then after that game, they kind of just, you know, went down the roller coaster. So um, plus they got Aaron Donald back. I mean, that guy's probably that's, he's the best defense player in the league right now. Yeah, it, it, he didn't. Even, it, yeah, he's a beast. And he didn't have a training camp. It, it's it's so, fa- it, it's fascinating. You bring up the Bills, obviously Andre Reid, former uh, Bill great, and it what's yeah, and and I don't. It's it's got to be weird for you. It's like convincing a kid that like, hey, the Bills went to the Super Bowl four straight times. Like what? Mm-hmm. And like all of this, you know, four wide passing game. Like you guys did really before kind of anybody else, right? I mean, like uh, I, I can't imagine how success. I, it's it's one of those things where other teams. You don't know how their success would translate, right? The the right. eighty five Bears. I don't know if that thing would translate today because you couldn't run the four six defense against these against these offenses. I do think you could play exactly how you guys played and still been super successful today, just as successful as you were then, right? That's not a crazy statement to make, is it? Not at all. And you know, defenses are going to watch film and they're going to see what you're doing, but it's it's a cat and mouse game every week. And the coordinators go at each other, and that's. I think you're right. I think four wides. You got to have guys that can stretch the field. You got to have guys that know how to play the middle. Uh, can do the dirty. Can do the dirty work there in the middle. And you got to have a, a running back by committee. I mean, look at the Chiefs. I mean, Kareem Hunt, and they got a couple other guys there. They got guys there that just, they're just rolling them in and out like the Broncos used to do back in the day with with uh, Anderson and Terrell Davis and all those guys. They you got to have guys that can run the football, and that again, that's always going to set up the run, set up the pass. Uh, but this game is more of a passing game now than anything. But you got to have guys that can tote the rock inside the, in, in between the tackles that can, you know, bring those safeties down there and, and, and expect, you know, the quarterback to beat them and the receivers. You know, because once you do that, it's one on one, and and you got to win those battles. Um, speaking of the Bills, which you brought up uh, a couple of times, uh, you like, mm-hmm. what are they doing? Like McDermott, have, McDermott comes in. He brings in his guy from Carolina, right? So he's McDermott's mm-hmm. kind of running the show, and obviously he's got a defensive background. Didn't work as well in Philly as it did in Carolina, um, but but he comes in like, what are they doing? I I was very surprised. I'm going to tell you, Doug. I was very surprised 
when they traded Sammy and and then they uh, traded away Ronald Darby to, to Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia already had Coleman there. Um, Brabham had went to, to, to Philadelphia. So you got the two cornerstones, and, and Stephon Gilmore goes, goes to the Patriots. It was like, oh, there goes the season that didn't even start yet. I mean, I don't know. And I think, you know, Sean, I, I, I love him. I think he's a great football mind defensively. Um, right now they're a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to offense. Their defense is playing pretty well. They had six sacks the other day against Carolina. But offensively they didn't score any points. And and you know if they can't score any points, the defense is going to wear down and it, it's just going to happen. That's inevitable. But I'm actually going up to the game this weekend there against the Broncos, and we know what the Broncos did to, to the Cowboys. So that's going to be a tester. And I think if they come out of that not only with a win but unscathed, it just it's just a mental boost for them the rest of the season because it doesn't get any easier for them with Atlanta, New Orleans. They still they have to go to uh, uh, they got Oakland coming up in a month or so. Um, well, they got, hey, they got, hey, hey, look, they got yeah. they got Cincinnati and people. I know Cincinnati's been bad the first two weeks. Yeah, Cincinnati's got talent, especially in the defensive side of the ball. Tampa coming in their place before it gets cold, before it gets really cold in October. Tampa's a good team. Like they got a they got a beast of a schedule before they come out here they and do. play and play the Rams and they got the Chiefs on the road. Let me, let me ask you this: You mentioned the the Carolina Panthers. I know you watched that game intently. I'm yeah. somebody I I watch. I'm like, man, boy, Cam Newton is inaccurate. Now he struggled with that before, and he didn't have a full preseason because of the shoulder surgery. But are we okay saying, like, this is who Cam Newton is, right? He's going to run a little less than he used to. He's got a big old arm, but he's always yeah. going to he's always going to miss some throws we think he should make. That's just who Cam Newton is. Yeah, I, I think, you know, he got hit a lot. He's gotten hit more times than any quarterback in the last two, three years. And, and maybe, I don't think he's gun-shy or whatever, but let, let's face it, man. If you ain't you don't got anybody blocking, just look at Eli right now. Eli's just r- dropping back and falling down because there's nobody blocking. And I think Cam has maybe the same. I don't know if their offensive line is as bad as as the uh, Giants right now, but they're telling him. He even said to himself, "Well, you know, this is what I do. I'm just going to drop back, and if I see something, I'm going to take off." Has he done that in the first three games? No, not really. No. And I think, uh, you know, is that a mindset? I don't know. But they got to start throwing that ball downfield, and they got to use McCaffrey a little bit more if they're going to score some points. And I think they got to take the pressure off him. They think Cam can do everything, and he can, but, you know, he doesn't really have that S on his chest. He's got like a, a, <laughs> a P on his chest or a B. So, um well, it's yet to be known, to, you know, how Carolina is going to finish out this year. But, you know, they didn't look good either um, last week. No, it was bad, bad football. It was the polar opposite of what we saw last night. MyBookie.ag, that's where you need to check it out. Uh, spreads, predictions, college, NFL games, and more. Uh, and uh, thanks to them for bringing us Andre Reed, who's a friend of the program and love having him on. Andre, we'll talk real soon, man. Thanks for joining us. You got it, man, anytime. Just uh, let me know. All right, that's Andre Reed joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. I love this uh, Carmelo Anthony. You know, what's interesting about Carmelo Anthony, who's likely to start the NBA season on the New York Knicks. Knicks aren't going to run the um, aren't going to run the triangle. Their new general manager says 
he has an open mind. Uh, Scott Perry says he has an open mind to moving to moving him, but he's going to be back. He's a 10-time All-Star. He's back here with the New York Knicks. We expect him to be professional. He's always exemplified that throughout his career. Move with him. What's 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 fascinating about this is there there is this belief that Phil Jackson killed Carmelo Anthony's trade value. No, he didn't. All Phil Jackson did was make it obvious he wanted to move Melo, and his trade value hasn't been good for a long time. He makes a ton of money. He plays a style of basketball, which teams aren't playing in order to win. And though he has superstar status in terms of the amount of money he makes and the amount of name recognition he has, um, his teams haven't played well, and he doesn't play a style that's going to help that winning teams are good. Not like they're going to move mountains to try and trade for Carmelo Anthony. So if, if the idea was Phil Jackson was killing Carmelo Anthony's trade value, you get rid of Phil Jackson and Carmelo Anthony doesn't have a ton of trade value. What does that tell you about Carmelo Anthony's trade value? And I'm not saying it wasn't the wrong move to get rid of Phil Jackson, but it wasn't as much of the right move as people think. What killed Carmelo Anthony was Carmelo Anthony. Always hurt, hard to coach, doesn't play defense, and plays a style that nobody else plays in the NBA anymore. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Robert Smith joins the show. Of course, he covers college football for Fox Sports. Um, Is it crazy to think Iowa can give Penn State a game? (laughs) Not at all. You know, I, I really like this Nathan Stanley kid. You know, I've noticed him, you know, from the beginning of the season. He's... You know, he's got really great delivery and, you know, been accurate, you know, nothing otherworldly, but he's looked pretty good back there for a guy that hasn't uh, taken a lot of snaps. And, you know, when when you talk about Iowa over the last couple of years, you know, people have kind of considered them to be a little bit boring. And, uh, you know, we've when we've seen them at their best, a lot of times they've been, you know, just your stereotypical Big Ten team, you know, great offensive line, solid defense, and they they kind of fallen off defensively last couple of years. So looking a little bit better on that side of the road, home environment, uh, you just never know. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a that's that's a that's a real dangerous spot. I think for Penn State, it's not it's not the same as beating Akron, like like what James Franklin said after they beat Pitt. Yeah, look, Pitt is not very good. I so I saw him against my alma mater last week. They just yeah, that looked like that looked like varsity versus yeah, JV, Oklahoma State versus Pitt. Yeah, so they they've got some issues. Uh, okay, let's let, let's. But tell me about Saquon Barkley. Like, look, you were a great running back in college, great running back in the pros, and there are some out there that think he's the best pro prospect of any of them, even counting the quarterbacks. Uh, what what from a from a running back's perspective, how do you view him? Yeah, I think I think he's a great back, and you know it all it all starts with vision, um, and 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 vision becomes even more useful when you when you know the schemes extremely well. So he follows his blockers extremely well. I think it's a good system for him. Uh, and the way that he's built, he's lower to the ground, so it's easier uh, for him to stay low and behind his pads when he runs. He's got great lateral movement, uh, and he's got a lot of spring in his step. And I don't mean that just because he just because he uh, tends to jump here and there, uh, but when he does his jump cuts and he, when when he makes lateral moves, he can cover a lot of ground, and he's pretty good with his acceleration after the cuts, and that's so important. I mean, especially when you when you talk about transitioning to the next level, it's uh, you know, trying to get away from guys and would-be tacklers when everybody 
is so much faster. Uh, and so he's got pretty good top end speed too. So he, he's got uh, he's got it all. There's no question about it. Doug Gottlieb, Show Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of uh, former All American, of course, the former Pro Bowler Robert Smith, who you can see on Fox Sports covering college football. Michigan State taking on Notre Dame. That's a that's an FS1 game. And I'm fascinated by this. Like Mark D'Antonio had, I mean, you just go back two years ago, they had this thing rolling, right? They beat Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, and then they, they got exposed uh, in the college football playoff. But, you know, when Michigan was down, they were up. When Ohio State went through a coaching change, like, they were up. Is it just, and when Penn State was down because of probation, they were up. Is it just a case of those other three schools are always, you know, when they get, when Michigan gets it rolling, Michigan State can't compete, same thing, Penn State, but... Is, is that just what this is, or, or some, did something else happen to this program to which, look, they're 2-0, and and I think they might beat Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's still kind of a mess. But, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but it, it, like, how did they go from a top-10 program, one of the most respected coaches in the country, to now they're a home dog to a, just an okay Notre Dame team? Yeah, I think, you know, when you, when you look at last year's team, it, it really just kind of all seemed to fall apart, uh, you know, all at once. And I think what happened was, that, you know, because because you can't afford to miss on guys at Michigan State, you're just not you're not going to have the depth, and you know, you're not going to have the reserve uh, talent uh, if you have the kind of guys that you know, to give it their all and aren't always uh, going to be the best at, at at knowing and implementing the scheme. Uh, then you can have some problems. Uh, you combine that with, you know, it, it being the, the second year that Pat Narduzzi was gone on the defensive side, and you saw some problems there. Uh, and I think, you know, th- this this team is a lot younger, and it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think this this weekend's game could be really really interesting. I think they can win this game. Um, but this year's team's really inexperienced, a lot of new faces, but I think that they wanted to get rid of a lot of guys uh, that weren't kind of what they thought that what they thought they were, and they just didn't have the they didn't have the bodies, they didn't have the you know the recruiting depth really to kind of fill in those holes and make those changes immediately. But this could be a really interesting team this year because, as you said, you know you, you look around the um, the Big Ten East, and you know traditionally uh, Michigan State. You know, you're going back years, maybe didn't have uh, the weight to, to hang with the Ohio States and the Michigans uh, and the Penn States. But I, I really think that, you know, this this year could be different, you know, and be more like what it was three or four years ago, because I don't think it was just because some of those programs were down. I think that they hit on all of those guys uh, and that uh, even though they didn't have the depth, that they still had the talent and they had the guys that just always played their tails off. Robert Smith joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. TCU takes on Oklahoma State. Um, look, last year TCU struggled. Their quarterback turned the ball over way, way too much. They weren't as good <laughs> defensively. They weren't as good at wide receivers as they need to be. And all of those seem to be better this year, right? Yeah. Uh, they they, they mm-hmm. just do. Um, they beat Arkansas on the road. It wasn't it wasn't really 28-7. to It was really 14-7. to They scored two touchdowns late. But still, winning on the road in Fayetteville, huge win for this program. Then they beat SMU going back to last week. Uh, what's the likelihood that we have a shootout in Stillwater? Uh, I think it. I think it could be really good. Um, uh, the chances that we're going to have that. I think SMU, you know, and and that you know Chad Morris, who was the offensive coordinator at Clemson, as they coach there at SMU, so they really like to they really like to sling it and spread it around and do some creative things. But I think they threw for 350 yards 
um, on TCU a week ago, and you know Kenny Hill, and uh, they got a they got a new running back that uh, you know is you know he's he's a very very talented guy. They've got some speed at the wide receiver position, and they're playing fairly well defensively. But I don't know that they can really they or really any any other team in the country really can slow down. Oklahoma State now you know uh, you have Aitman back in the mix and of course Washington already there McCleskey in the in the slot and then this Stoner kid as well he had like four 100 yard receivers a few weeks ago and Justice Hill really didn't need to do anything against Pitt as you said you know I think in the first in the first uh, two drives he had like 60 yards and then you know they kind of shut him down he only had 11 carries uh, total on the day so um, you know two powerhouse offenses. This is going to be a really interesting game, though. Um, you know, I don't know that Oklahoma State has the horses defensively uh, to to slow TCU down, so it could very well be a shootout. And, you know, what, what defense can rise up and force a turnover, which we know Glenn Spencer is defensive coordinator there at Oklahoma State, has done such a great job of really cr- uh, creating turnovers uh, and having guys that understood or understand, you know, how to do that. You know, which one of these defenses can can force a turnover or make some kind of big play in special teams could be the difference in this one. How good is Mason Rudolph? You know, that's a good question. You know, I haven't heard I haven't heard much from the pro level. You know, we see so many of the quarterbacks, as you know, inside of inside of college football. Um, you know, people say talk about scheme guys and. Uh, you know, the scheme type schools would be in Oklahoma State, would be a Texas Tech, uh, similar schools like that. I haven't really heard, you know, how good he's supposed to be. Um, you know, he's had some great talent, but as far as evaluating him on, okay, well, this guy is wide open, but he actually hit the guy in stride or he needed to use the touch here. Um, I haven't seen or evaluated him closely enough at that kind of level to know how good he is. I know he, he's, he's pretty damn good for a college quarterback, uh, and he can use his legs too. So, I mean, that's a, that combination is pretty dangerous. And from what Gundy's been saying about him, I think the most impressive thing is that he says the guy's like, he's like having another coach. Uh, in the locker room too, you know, he just he he knows the the playbook inside and out, knows the game plan inside and out, uh, and and really is dedicated in that part of it. So as as far as you know where he is in the draft, I don't know, uh, but he's I, I know he's a he's a Heisman type quarterback in college, but I don't know about the next level. Yeah, and this could be fascinating. Six five two thirty, uh, fourth year senior, and I mean the numbers last year twenty eight and four, this year eleven and one. Uh, through for 4,000 yards, and we'll see. You'll obviously get a chance to see him on all these these big games. Robert Smith joining us. Um, there's this story out where um, Aaron Hernandez's uh, family wants to sue, or is going to sue, because uh, they found CT, the, the worst case of CT that this one researcher had ever found in a deceased former player's brain. Um, hearing that, knowing about your own kind of past as a great player, what goes through your mind when you when you hear that? Um, well, you know, there's a there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of false information out there about what CTE is, I believe, and what the science community has confirmed it or believes it to be. Um, first of all, we don't know what kind of cases this lady has seen. We don't know how many uh, how many former players she's seen, if they had symptoms while they were alive. I think that's a really important part that people are missing here. That 
the diagnosis of CTE up to this point has been post-mortem. So you're only looking at players that are deceased, and a lot of the brains that have been evaluated have been donated by families that notice symptoms in these individuals. And so uh, you're, you've got this selection bias going on that you're only looking at people that have symptoms. But much like Alzheimer's, and I don't want to get too far off into the weeds here, uh, but all Alzheimer's uh, patients have the, the similar type of uh, plaques that can develop in the brain, uh, and and basically uh, what can happen is that can interfere with uh, the functioning of of the neurons in the brain. Uh, but there are people that, on post mortem analysis, have had these kind of tangles, and they've been completely normal during their lives. Now nobody would look at Aaron Hernandez and say he was completely normal. Yeah. But what 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 role did CTE or these these tangles play in his brain? We don't know. We, we simply just don't know. And the literature and the research isn't as it, – it, it's, it's not as, as simple as people think. And this is certainly nowhere near settled science because we don't know – we don't know necessarily the correlation between what a brain may look like and how it functions with what appears to be these CTE-type tangles uh, and, uh, and, and how that person was actually, while, while they were, how they were actually uh, functioning as they were alive. Because we know that his, his gang history goes back, you know, there's, there's, there's drug abuse, there's drug, I mean, yeah. there are a lot of things there that could be contributing factors. Okay, so maybe here's the, here's the better question. All right, you got a young family. I have a, I have a, my son's eight, plays flag, wants to play tackle. Do I let him? Um, I say yes at the right age, and it's interesting. I just saw uh, an article and a post made by a neuropathologist, you know, a guy that actually studies brain injury, and he lets his 11-year-old son play tackle football. Um, so I would think in the 12 to 13-year-old range. Uh, that it's as safe as it can be, um, at, you know, <laughs> playing the game of football because it's never going to be 100% safe, and letting your kid ride a bike isn't 100% safe. There are a lot of things that are dangerous that we let our kids do. It's a question of how dangerous there are, how dangerous they are, and I think the 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 worst part about what's happened in this conversation over CTE is that I think a great deal has been exaggerated because people think that the scientific community has a consensus that just hasn't been developed yet over what what it actually is and what it actually means for individuals as they live. So, I mean, that's a that's you know, it, it's something we're going to have to find a lot more uh, or find out a lot more as the years go on. That's uh Robert Smith, uh always always thoughtful, always interesting, of course. Uh, I've I've texted others, and I think I texted you. I mean, your guys' show on Saturdays covering college football is really, really good. You guys seem to get along, you know your roles, and it's always interesting stuff. So keep it up. You, Matt Liner, Coach Wanstead, uh, and the crew, uh, you guys do a, a really – and, of course, Rob Stone is the host. Do a really good job. Robert, thanks for catching up. Oh, us, thanks, man. man. We're having a lot of fun. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4. 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 